Hey everyone, I'm Sarah James, a beauty blogger and self-help aficionado. And I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and psychotherapist. And you are listening to Selfie, a weekly podcast about two women trying to tackle better self-care. We are both of the opinion that self-care is important, and yet we find it elusive. And while we may have all the info we need, we don't always get there. From the silly to the serious, we are taking a vulnerable yet humorous look at body, mind, and spirit. And maybe a touch of the random, all while looking at the distractions and defenses that keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode. We are actually going to answer some of our listeners' questions. You know, I don't know why we don't do this more often. I'm excited. I am too, and I feel like we've come to realize that this is probably going to be more than one episode. Uh, yeah, there were lots of questions. <laughs> there were, we, you know, we put a call out on our selfie Facebook community group, and there were so many good questions. Yeah, but not we just don't have all the time. So we're definitely going to do a couple other ones, I think, on this. But yeah, we pick some sure. that seem to have the most likes, um, the most interest mm-hmm. in. So we'll do that. But first off, we want to talk to you about one of our sponsors, Buffy. Mm-hmm. Buffy makes comforters that are better for you and the earth using skin-friendly eucalyptus fabric and a fluffy fill made from 100% recycled water bottles. Yes. Yes. So crazy. So crazy. This comforter has over 11,000 reviews and customers agree that it's the softest, fluffiest comfort they've ever tried. Well, I'm going to chime in and say that is true because I have one myself. So I have massive allergies. Um, I can't do down comforters. And what I love about Buffy, it's made from naturally soothing eucalyptus fabric. So it's totally hypoallergenic, but it is so, so soft. Their materials and construction shut out any dust, mold, or mites. So it is a great comforter for anyone who has allergies. Um, the inside fill of the comforter, like you said, is made of BPA-free water bottles that are transformed and given a second life. Um, it feels even softer than down while keeping about 50 bottles out of landfills and oceans with each comforter. Which is so cool. So it's cool. Crazy. Um, also cool, Buffy believes that bedding is personal, so they offer a complimentary trial. You can try a comforter in your own home for 30 days if you don't love it. Return it for free. It is, mm-hmm. I will say, I have one as well. It is super soft. It is. And we have a great deal for you guys. For $20 off your Buffy comforter, visit Buffy.co and enter selfie. Once again, that's B-U-F-F-Y dot C-O and enter selfie for $20 off your Buffy comforter. Pretty sweet deal. Mm-hmm. All right, Sarah. Well, catch me up on your week. How is your self-care going? Um, self-care is okay. I okay. I am um I've been switching up the exercise thing. You know, I'm like oh. the big the walking, the walking. All I talk about is the walking. But yeah. I just it's it's cold. Like it's cold. I don't know how you've been doing it. Um, well, I'm not. I'm not doing it as much because it's well, it's I ugh, would give up too ugh. if it was that cold out. It is. And it's crazy with Oklahoma. It's like it gets warm. It's just it's so erratic. So the days that it's warm, I like I try to get it not warm, but I'm talking like above 32 degrees. Um, right. I try to get out there. No big deal. But like when it's really, really cold or windy, I haven't been doing it. So anyway, I kind of have started to do Pilates again, <laughs> which is just I mean, Pilates. Just it's just like, I don't know. You always go back to Pilates. Well, why did you stop? 
I don't, you know, I think I stop Pilates for the same reason I stop any sort of exercise. I just, something happens in my life and I, I like yeah. stop doing it for a week and then I just lose that repetition that I have sure. going and then it's just like, ugh. So it's kind of ridiculous that I'm not doing Pilates because my sister owns a Pilates studio here in Oklahoma um, City. Right. <laughs> it's like, right. Duh. So um, actually what I've been doing though um, um, is this class she has called Run and Reform, which is super fun, which is kind of a mix of treadmill and Pilates. So you move rooms in the middle of the class. And I've really liked it. Oh, that's fascinating. It's super fun. And in fact, you know, we actually do have an upcoming episode on our favorite workouts and stuff. So I won't go into too much detail about it. But I've been doing that. And then I've also been doing some different apps, too. So instead of just not doing anything, I'm trying really hard to mix it up and get my interest level back up until it's time where it's warmer and I can just do that thing where I'm out the door every morning to walk. Good for you. I'm trying. Well, you know, it's interesting because you and I have a mutual friend, Jessica Scheiba, and she, I think like two or three months ago, she was really struggling with anxiety and decided to just try exercise exclusively. Yes. And she's like, it has changed my life. Yes. That, I mean, that's what is so insane to me because every single time I work out, when I'm finished, I feel so good. And it's not just... You never regret it when you're done. No, And it's not just feeling good, like the endorphins have been released. Like I'm talking about for the rest of the day. I mean, my energy levels are up. I'm way more positive. And it's just, it it drives me crazy, you know, why it's so hard to do it when all it... (laughs) All it is, it, it, there's nothing results from it but greatness in all yes. facets of your life. Yet yeah. it's so easy to be like, oh, maybe tomorrow. I totally. guess it's just like the ultimate in laziness, you know? Laziness, but I also think we lie to ourselves and tell ourselves we don't have time. Right. Which we totally you know? have time. We do. But I for sure tell myself that I, you know, I I just think like, oh, there's just I have so much to do today. There's no way I can fit that in. Exactly. That's very familiar. Spend 30 minutes on Instagram. Exactly. I know. Why can't we just walk and scroll? Do you know, um, there's a there's a blogger here in Oklahoma City. She's a fashion blogger and she just posted her name is Allison in Wonderland. Um, She just posted she has like some sort of like bike contraption that's like a working bike desk so she works on her laptop while she's cycling that is cool (laughs) yeah it's like an all-in-one machine i can't remember who it's made by or anything but um, well i've also seen similarly these mats and they're like a treadmill but they don't have it's just the bottom part and you can walk while you're at a desk that's cool, too. Oh. But I don't know if I could really focus the way I need to focus if I'm I know. part of my body's I exercising. Feel like I couldn't. Yeah. I, oh, know. Look, I don't feel like I could either. We're totally making know. excuses right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I really would just prefer to keep them separate. <laughs> Me, too. Let's just keep them separated. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the theme. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, tell me what's going on with you. Well, okay. My first update is that I accidentally have purple hair right now. Okay. Oh, um, okay. How how did that happen? Well, you know, so I used a purple shampoo to tone my hair as prescribed by my stylist. And you you probably haven't used a purple toner because you wouldn't need to. No. But if you've ever seen them, 
they are bright purple. Okay. Like violet purple. Okay. And, but they don't turn your hair purple. They just bring down brassiness if you're a blonde. They keep right. it from looking too yellow. Right. So I have many of these purple shampoos because I collect products as I do. <laughs> and I was in the shower the other day and realized that mine had run out. So I, you know, hop out of the shower wet, open a drawer where I keep all my products and grab another bottle that has like, purple product coming out of the top and uh -huh. think here's another purple toner shampoo oh no it was my daughter's um i believe the name of it is punky oh <laughs> brand name punky oh, oh god um mm -hmm. purple dye that i put on my hair oh wow is it like yeah. um temporary <laughs> well yeah uh, it's supposed to be temporary <laughs> but it's supposed to be, you know, you shampoo it in and it shampoos out in a couple shampoos. But here's the fun thing. So it's really interesting. It didn't make all my hair purple, just the really damaged parts. Oh, yeah. Like the parts that have been bleached out or highlighted. Uh, exactly. It's almost like, have you ever looked at the electroviolet light with a mirror to see where it reveals all of the sun <laughs> damage on your face? Yes. Yes. It was like this shampoo just revealed all of my damage. And so oh, it's it's right where my grays are. It's the little um, kind of like where bangs would be if I had bangs. It's those hairs right there that I'm constantly fighting with with a flat iron to get them to lay straight and they break off all the time. Oh, my gosh. So right there, it looks like I put purple 90s highlights because it's just like a stripe on either side. Okay, so here's the thing. I feel like I, I don't feel like I know. I saw you posted something about this, but I, in yes. my mind, it was like a week ago or something. So this is like, uh, yes, yeah, this is still in your hair. <laughs> it's still there. It's it's still there. It's only again it's... only the little stripes in front, which is the very worst. Like. If I was going to have purple, I'd rather have it at the tips or just like right. subtle all over wash. It's just a very 90s, like I put two stripes of purple at the front of my hair. So like a couple days ago, I thought, you know, I'm just going to try putting it in the rest of my hair just to like even it out. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But that washed right out. Oh. Oh. So, Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's slowly fading, but, you know, and then like, I'll, f I forget that it looks like that. And then I'll go somewhere and someone's like, I like your hair, <laughs> which I feel like they don't really like it. They just feel, comp you know, when you, yes. Yes. you know, when you say you like something, but you don't like it, yes. you just say it because you have to say something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. Mm hmm. Yes. Oh, <laughs> like when your kid walks out in the weirdest outfit and you're like, oh, nice outfit, but you don't mean it. Oh, no. You're like, wow, that's yeah. a look. That's exciting. Right. So um, well, anyway, I'm I happy to announce that, you know, the 90s are really in right now. I mean, makeup, well, I clothing, am, all of it. So I'm you're at the just, height of fashion. And different people have been like, well, you could use, you know, Dawn liquid on your hair. I'm like, I'm not going to put anything on those hairs, on those like already yeah, damaged, seriously. like holding on to your dear life hairs <laughs> to strip this out. I'm just going to have to live with it. But my my girls, my daughters think that I look really cool. Oh, I'm sure they do. And yeah. you know what? As it continues to fade, I'm so obsessed with like that really cool blonde color, like almost gray, white, silver. Well, it probably yeah. will end up like a really pretty, pretty, like totally non-warm blonde, like a cool blonde color. Well, I will say that when I did put the purple on the rest of the hair to try to even it out, the color that resulted on my healthy hair was that. And it was Ooh, really cool. I bet. 
It was I really love I love like, that oh, color. This is the yeah. It's like gray blonde. Oh but wow. Anyway, well uh, that's hot, Kristen. I'm. I mean, you are just living it up out there. <laughs> I know. I don't know. I might go to the club this weekend. We'll see. <laughs> okay. Be sure to report back on that one. I know. Um, and then I also I will say I have been eating better, a lot better. Good. And this, which is going to lead into one of my two thumbs up. So I feel like I am finally availing myself of my food appliances. <gasps> That's always such a good thing when you bust those out. Right? Mm-hmm. So I've really been using, first of all, my rice cooker. I, I make rice every night. Right. I love that thing so much. I found this really good brown rice called Texmati. Have you tried that rice before? No, I haven't. I'm just super random, but it's a brown basmati that my children will tolerate instead of whining for white. Ooh. But I've also, I have finally learned the art of making sweet potatoes in the Instapot. Oh my gosh. So you have found a use for the Instapot. <laughs> I have because I don't use mine much. I don't either. But Dude, let me tell you, I I don't know how or why it makes them so well, but they taste like candy. So you scrub your sweet potatoes, you pop them in the Instapot for 18 minutes. And you know, it's the Instapot is kind of um, misleading because then you think, oh, it takes 18 minutes, but it has to get up to pressure first and then do the countdown. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Right. 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 So it really takes like 30, 35 minutes. Right. Nonetheless. They come out so good. And so I've been doing that every day. And I'll even do it before the kids come home from school because sweet potatoes are cheap and they're healthy and the kids like them. Yeah, totally. So I may be making those a ton. But the thing that has put me over the edge, which is my first two thumbs up, my friend Cindy called me after listening to one of our podcasts last week and said, tell me that you have the Phillips soup maker. And I was like, what? What? So Phillips has this. Oh my gosh. I know you're going to buy it today. I'm I'm very excited. It's this, it's this soup maker where, okay, you put raw vegetables in it. Okay. It pressure cooks them and then it purees them in 18 minutes. What? What? Yeah. So here's what I did yesterday. I put, and I just, I didn't even follow a recipe. I threw carrots in, not chopped, just like maybe I cut it five times, right? Okay. I threw sweet potatoes in that I probably cut into fourths. I put in turmeric. I put in sage. I put, what else? Oh, onion. So just half of an onion. Like you're not chopping here. You can just throw them in. Okay. And then I put almond milk and salt. And in 20 minutes, I had the most delicious carrot sweet potato soup. Dude. Dude, what? It's amazing. Yeah. How much is it? It's a hundred bucks. That's so worth it. It's so worth it. And I, you know, I will say I am, I, I am a collector of kitchen appliances. I have the rice maker. I have the Instapot. I have the crock pot. And I was a little trepidatious to add yet another, but Uh I am using all of them. Okay. This is fascinating. helping me eat healthier, you know? Listen, if it's going to help you eat healthier, that's how I feel too. If it's going to help me eat better things instead of cramming a whole bunch of carbs in my face at lunch. Exactly. I am going to do it a hundred times over. If I had tried to make that soup over the stove, it would have involved a lot of chopping. Oh, so much chopping. 
I would have had to stand there the whole time to keep it from burning. Yeah. I would have had to put an immersion blender. You mm. know, I would have dirtied like multiple things. I mean, it is insane. Like the first time I used it, it was like Christmas morning when it beeped and I went and opened it. Mm-hmm. I opened the lid and it's just this perfectly pureed soup. Oh my gosh. That I didn't do anything. Like, this I didn't is do like anything. the most amazing thing I've ever heard in my life. It's magic. I, I want to buy this. I want to do research. I want to find all the recipes, all the good recipes for the soup maker that people have like oh, come listen, up like, with. I'm ready to start a Facebook group of oh just like recipes for this thing. I will be an administrator. <laughs> it comes with a cookbook, but you know, I just feel like I I feel like it's it's an untapped domain. Oh, it, you know, <laughs> so untapped. <laughs> have you bought the URL yet for your new website? No, but I should. I think I might. I think you should. I I'm going to buy that because, you know, ever since I did that um, um, Juice yeah, by Julie. Cleanse. Oh, I'm uh-huh. doing another one. I have another one arriving today and I have another one coming in mid-March. Like, I'm, Well, you I'm need so to figure out how to replicate those soups at yes, home. Exactly. That's what I'm going to do because I can't, I can't, I can't keep buying these things, but they're, they're so <laughs> yummy. The soups are so good. Like if I could replicate, well, here's the thing. Her ingredients are on. They're on the little right. packages of soup. I mean, I, I'm right. sure I'm going to have to do some tinkering, but I think I could do it. Now, here's the thing, though. Here's the question. Oh, my gosh. Does this thing, is it only going to serve up like purely pureed soups or can you still have a little chunk in it or no? Excellent question. Okay. It does have settings for both. Oh, my God. Yeah. So oh. you can make chili in it. <gasps> and then it also has a compote. You can make compote. Oh, like a fruit compote right now. And then they have a setting for milk-based soups so that you can keep the milk from burning. What? If you wanted to do like a creamy broccoli. I, I'm you know. buying it today. Oh, yeah. No. Pretty no exciting. Mean- oh, my gosh. I'm so excited about this. I love you soup. You can even put raw meat in it. What? Yeah. I mean, no like way. it'll cook meat. Like you could make like a taco soup? Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Or chili. Yeah. What is this world we live in? 2019. I know. I'm it so excited. Magic. It is magic. I'm very excited about this thing. It's like <laughs> magic sorcery. Oh my yeah. gosh. Whoa. Soup maker. Okay. Well, I'm on it. Well, I'm sold. Check. Yeah. Please. Okay. Well, so obviously we will, if, you, if you're interested in the soup maker, it will be link, linked up on our website and linked up in this selfie Facebook group. And, you know, I don't know, we might have to start a <laughs> Facebook group for recipes. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. So that was your number one. What's your number two? You know, my number two, people are always asking in our Facebook community what other podcasts they listen to. And I just have to give a shout out. I really have a lot of affection for Dax Shepard's podcast called Armchair Expert. It's good. Yeah. It's good. I really like it. He, you know, he is... He is a guy who is very dedicated to recovery. He's done a lot of personal work on himself, a lot of therapy. um, And... He brings people in and really seeks to make connections between their childhood and their current functioning. Um, you know, I mean, he's not a therapist, but he he's interested in what makes people tick, mm-hmm. in what makes people motivated to do the job that they do, to interact in relationships the way they do. Um, and so, you know, he brings in celebrities, obviously, but I feel like he does this deep dive with everybody. He is a deep into diver. Their childhood and into their motivations. It's it's really fascinating. And he's just a likable guy. Oh, he totally is. 
Yeah. I like him a lot. I've listened to a few of his. They're, they usually run a little long for me. Yeah, they are long. They are long. They're they're always over an hour. But do you remember that one day when I was walking and I was listening to the Jason Bateman one and I, I voxed you because I'm like, our joint boyfriend is on Dax Shepard's Armchair Expert because Chris and I both and love Jason And it only Jason made Bateman. me love him more. I know, right? He right. He's very likable in that interview. So, he's so likable in general. I know. In general. Um, Yeah, I do like that one. That is a very good suggestion for those looking for, because he does. He's a deep diver. Yeah. So deep diver. Totally. Um, Okay, so my two thumbs up. I have a kitchen gadget that has changed my life, too. I don't think it's changed my life to the degree that I feel like the soup maker is going to change my life. (laughs) But I do have a new one. It's It's a handheld milk frother. Do you have a handheld milk frother? You know what's funny, Sarah, is I did, and then I never used it, and now I feel like I want one again, and I would actually use it. Well, happy to tell you they're only eleven ninety nine on Amazon. Ooh. But I, okay. you know, so you know I don't drink coffee because of the caffeine. I don't really even, Same. I don't even really drink decaf, although I love the flavor of coffee and I love putting a little bit of something in it and it's creamy and it's robust and, ugh, and I've had such well, why a- Why don't you drink, why don't you drink decaf just because it has trace amounts? Um, Because it has trace amounts and I just the acidity of coffee, I think if I drink it yeah. every morning, which I, because I like to drink something yeah. hot in the morning, it it bothers my esophagus. Yeah, for sure. I think it kind of bugs my stomach. So I'm just kind of like, yep. okay, I'm just not going to do it. So I I have all these different kinds of teas. Oh my gosh, I know you're a tea lover. I Oh I, yeah. I, I, like, I like tea a whole bunch, Kristen. I like it a lot, but it doesn't have that like depth in it. Even I've tried all different kinds, all different brands. But anyway, I figured out, well, I think it's because really what I'm putting in my tea and I need to put some sort of like component in my tea that makes it more latte like, you see, so, and I don't drink dairy, so I can't use that stuff, but I use a creamer by Nut Pods. Have you heard of that creamer? Oh, yeah. I like that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. The Nut Pods French Vanilla Creamer, which is basically made out of coconut right. and so they're dairy-free. Milk. Yeah, mm-hmm. dairy-free. So basically- And sugar-free too, aren't they? I think. I think so. I'm not positive about that. But, you know, they're no dairy. It's good. So I have like a, a chai um, um, Roy Boss or Roy Boy, whatever you call it for that. Rubos. Rubos. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Rubos. I have a chai Rubos that I really like because it reminds me of chai that doesn't have, you know, the caffeine in it. So my new thing is the Nut Pods Creamer with this milk frother. I froth it up for 30 oh, seconds. I okay. pour it into that chai and it is like oh. a bona fide chai latte in my kitchen every morning. What is up? Oh, I love that. It is so good. It is okay. So I think good. I'm going to actually do this because I will say this. I, I do the thing I buy from Starbucks now. I don't buy coffee anymore because all the reasons, mm-hmm. and because I'll I'll tell you this at Starbucks, um, I have there there have been a number of times I've ordered decaf and I know it wasn't decaf. Oh, oh my gosh, that's like my personal nightmare. Yeah, because I get I actually get ill if oh, I drink caffeine. Yeah, yeah, and. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm like, I can't drink, I can't get order coffee from Starbucks anymore. So I will often get what's called, they call it a steamer, but it's basically steamed milk. Yeah. And if I could make that at home, I mean, I know this isn't exactly steaming milk. No. Because you you have to. How do you get the milk hot? Do you heat? 
Well, that's the thing. Well, first of all, if you froth it for enough time, it will warm up a little bit just because of like the energy and the milk moving right. around and stuff. You could let it sit out for a little bit. You could maybe even put it in the microwave. I use like two tablespoons at most. Well, and you're pouring it into hot tea. Into hot tea. So it's still, I mean, the tea remains hot. But I will say like that first sip, it's kind of like, oh, whoa, this is a lot cooler than what's underneath it. But then you just give it like 30 seconds and it all kind of melts together. But it stays frothy. Like it stays frothy on the top, like a latte. And now I've just got all Mm. different kinds of, because there's this Trader Joe's stuff I love that's um, like a, it's like this chocolate almond milk something beverage that like sometimes I I heat up for my kids for hot chocolate but I'm like I could frost some of that stuff up and put it in my teas and make like a chocolatey mocha drink I mean I don't know that the options are limitless they're okay I think I might have to get one of these guys it's $11.99 people it has its own little stand I mean I love this thing yeah um, I did totally. get a little bit excited about it today and accidentally did not put it in all the way. And then I got cream all over my sweatshirt and my face. But Well, that's like, an occupational hazard. Right. You know, you live and you mm-hmm. learn. You live and mm-hmm. you learn. Okay. So that's my number <laughs> one. My number two. Oh, number two. No pun intended. Oh, my gosh. I just totally cracked myself up. Are these baby wipes we're using to wipe our poop? <laughs> oh, tell me. <laughs> Oh, God, I just am so funny to myself. Um, Baby Gannix is the brand. Okay, so here's the thing. Okay. We have tried so many wipes. This is like a yeah. this is a this is a point of contention in my family because we don't have a bidet. We're not going to use dry toilet paper. We've talked about this before on this podcast. Like there needs to yes. be something moist wiping, you know, after you go number two, people. But the problem is the ones that we like are not technically flushable. Most of them are not flushable. And you should not be flushing them down the toilet for a myriad of reasons. We we have good plumbing, but it's a hundred year old house. Uh, Plumbing was replaced a while back, but still, it's just not it's not good for your plumbing system. That stuff is not supposed to go down. It does not break down. So then you go into like this long search for the right flushable wipe, and there, and then when you further break it down to flushable wipe and not have chemicals in it. It's nearly oh, impossible. Yeah. Nearly impossible. Totally. So I have found some, you guys. I found them. Baby Gannix flushable baby wipes. They don't have any scent. They're moistened, but not with crazy chemicals. Uh, I'm totally. It's totally safe to use everyone in our family, and they're flushable. Now, okay, love it. Okay, they're they're like. They're not some of the flushable ones. You know, like literally, like tear. You can just look at them and they tear. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then yes. and then the ones that are non-flushable, like they're, they're really sturdy. So this is like in the middle. Like I probably okay. could tear it if I wanted to, but I've never had like any tearing. So I just feel like they are the perfect if you use wipes when you use the restroom. These are so good. Okay. I've got to try that. But where did you guys land? Weren't you th- considering putting a bidet in your house? Well, I wanted to, but then Dustin was totally against it. And I'm like, what's your problem? And because tons of his clients uses use them so he installs them all the time he knows which right. ones are the best but he doesn't want to do it i don't know what his problem is does he when he installs them is he installing them over toilets or are they the like the kind in japan both. or are they both mm-hmm. he has the ones where you can put on a regular toilet or the ones that are like the entire toilet is a bidet well, because, you know, when I was in Tokyo, my kids were completely obsessed with the bidets, you yes. know? Yeah. And, and I just was like, I thought it was so nice. But in Tokyo, there is a bidet on every toilet. 
uh, in the Starbucks, at the airport. They're everywhere. It's almost as if in Tokyo, not having a bidet would be equal to not having toilet paper roll. Like it's just, that would just be savage, you know? And so I start thinking to myself, these can't be that expensive Mm -mm. if they're installing them in you know, public airports and stuff. No, you can find them on Amazon. You can. And so I've been really tempted to buy one for the house Mm -hmm. and just put one in every bathroom. I mean, they're like a hundred bucks, but if it keeps my kids' butts cleaner, seriously, I totally think it's worth it. I think you should buy one and try it back in baby wipes. If you didn't have to use those anymore. And toilet paper. I mean, I don't know about you, but my kids are, they're just like excessive toilet paper users. I'm like, stop. Well, you know, mine vastly between excessive or none at all. So, <laughs> well, maybe they have a clean break once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love when, like, you walk into a bathroom and there's poop that um, someone didn't flush oh, and there's God. no toilet paper, no accompanying toilet paper? That's a fun feeling. It's like <laughs> it a super fun feeling. I love someone's going to have a rash on their ass. Mmm. Yummy. From not wiping. So good. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Well, let's talk very quickly about um, one of today's sponsors, which is care.com. So we've talked about the fact that delegating can be a component of self-care. In fact, we talked about that just last week. But finding good help can be really hard. So care.com makes that really easy. They are the world's largest digital marketplace for finding and managing family care for everything from childcare, housekeepers, dog walkers, senior care, tutors. You can even have someone run errands for you. So good. I mean, they really do make finding care so easy. Um, Also, you can find, book, and pay for your care all in one place with their home pay option that allows you to pay through the site. So whether you need daily child care when you're at work or you just want to line up like a last minute sitter, it's super easy. What I really like about it is that they provide access to a ton of background check options so that when you're trying to hire someone, you can feel like they are safe and trustworthy. I have been using Care.com, honestly, since Drafta was a baby. We found some of our very best sitters on there. One of them was with us for several years, but I've also used them for housekeepers. Um, I've used them to find a babysitter when we were traveling, like I, you know, was going to an event in a town that I didn't live in. And, you know, you can find someone and know that they've been vetted and had their background checks, um, you know, even if you're in a new city. Totally. And it's, I mean, it's super easy to use. And the premium membership is fantastic. I am becoming um, very fond of using the dog walking service. I haven't used it yet, but like this is my research right now, being that I'm a new dog (laughs) owner. Um, So it's so cool. Like just go on. I can find so many walkers that are right around my home when I enter my zip code. And obviously like you, I love the tools like background checks, reference checks, qualifications, certifications. I need to see all that obviously. So it is such a good tool for me when I need care, you know, like at a minute's notice. It is. You can hire a babysitter day of on Mm -hmm. care.com when you're in a real crisis. It is a great option. Um, So it's free to join as a basic member and you can start searching for great local caregivers. But once you upgrade to premium, what you want to do, you reach out to them, schedule interviews. And then, like you said, you can even book and pay for it all online or through their app. So if you guys are interested, they have a great deal for us today to save 30% off of a care.com premium membership, you can visit care.com slash selfie when you subscribe. Love it. 
All right. Well, let's get to these questions from our listeners. I'm looking at our list here. It looks like we have about we have about eight. We're gonna okay. we're gonna try to do this. We're gonna do this. Let's um, dive in. Okay. I love this number one because we both have kids with unique names. The we question do. <laughs> the question was: I always love hearing from people if there are stories to how they name their children. So that'd be my question: Are there stories to how the names of your children were selected? <laughs> well. Okay, I'll start. Yes. So Jafta, um, that is not his that is not his given birth name. Um, and I actually was of the opinion that children who were adopted should retain their birth name mm-hmm. until I heard Jafta's birth name. <laughs> <laughs> and I it's not something I tell people, but I just want to suffice to say that it is it sounds like the name of an old white man redneck who lives in Alabama. Okay. It is not a name that you would ever in a million years expect on a young black man. Okay. And I have since told Jafta what his name was, and he has thanked me for changing it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. Yes. You, we have, we have um, you know, we can have philosophies that we adjust. Yes. Times. Um, So then, you know, it was put upon me to choose a name for Jafta when I adopted him. He was six months old. And we had visited um, Zimbabwe a couple years prior. And there was a boy there that I met and really kind of fell in love with. His name was Jafta. It is the name of a city um, in South Africa. And I just thought it was a cool name. And I wanted to give him like a strong African name. So that is where Jafta came from. I love that name. Um, India, people ask me all the time um, what the significance is, if it's because I loved India. I actually have been to India. It's not my favorite country. (laughs) (laughs) I just like the way it sounded. Mm -hmm. There's really no, there's nothing special about it. Mm -hmm. I just thought it sounded cool. Um, Same with Karis. I just thought it sounded cool. Um, I really don't have any, there's, you know, I think it means grace in Greek or something. That's not why I picked it. Just thought it sounded cool. <laughs> I just thought it sounded cool. Um, and then Kembe is his given his birth given name. name. Uh, I didn't change his name. Um, he was three when he came home, and I thought that that was just cruel. But what I did do is I changed the spelling. So mm. it's kind of a weird story. Um, in Haiti, um, the language is is French Creole. So mm-hmm. it is a almost like a slang of French. Um, they kind of cut off some of the ends of verbs. It's hard to explain. Um, it's a more simplified version of French, and pronunciations are a bit different. But the upper class in Haiti all speak French. So it's this sort of way of keeping the lower class out of politics, and hmm. you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. So um, Kembe was given a French name. Um, and so it was spelled K-E-E-M-B-E-R-T. And correct French pronunciation of his name is Kimbech. Oh. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 But that's not a that's not a Creole pronunciation. So no one no one called him Kimbech. Yeah. They called him Kembe in the orphanage. I see. Because they, that's yeah. more of the Creole pronunciation. So what I did is when he came home, I thought, you know, the last thing in the world I want to do is have this kid called Keembert, which is how <laughs> everyone pronounced it in the U.S. because it right. took a while to change his name. Keembert. Oh. We're ready for Keembert. <laughs> um, I thought, you know, I don't need to saddle this kid with a name with three 
silent letters. Right. Right. <laughs> oh my just, gosh. No. No. Not just one silent letter, but three. Um, and a silent e at the beginning, and then a si- anyway. And so I just spelled it phonetically. But which is interesting because the way I spelled it is more of a Creole spelling because oh, their really? spelling is very phonetic. So I, that's how he got his name. I love that name, too. And I love that spelling. I'm very glad you did not keep Kim back. I know. I know. <laughs> Could you imagine? I mean, no one, no one would ever be able to pronounce that on site. No oh, one. Totally not. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, I have one of those mispronounced names myself with the kids, but... Um, so, well, first off, I'll let everyone out there know that <laughs> Derby is not my son's name. <laughs> right. I mean, wow. <laughs> I guess my first things first is to really caution anyone out there that comes up with a silly nickname for your kid when you're pregnant. <laughs> um, I would caution you not to do that because in cases like mine, that becomes his name. And mm-hmm. much to my dismay, because my son's name is Anders, um, you know, pronounced. Which nobody <clears throat> knows. No one knows. And I, I love that name. It's a Norwegian name. I mean, it would be pronounced Anders, um, you know, in Finland or um, Norway. And I love that name. And we were going to. I do too. We were going to go with Anders. We just figured that's how people would pronounce it anyway in America. Um, but we started calling my son Derby when I was pregnant with him as a joke as a joke. And then I had him and it was like my parents were calling him Derby. My sister was calling him Derby and it just stuck. So we started calling him Derby around the house. And little do you know, like three, four years pass and my son is enrolling in preschool as Derby. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's his name. I mean, when we moved here four years ago from California, I said to him, he was going into second grade, said, this is a chance, buddy. Like, you know, we're moving to a new state. If you Mm -hmm. want to change to Anders, and he just looked at me and he was like, Mom, I'm Derby. Like, that's my name. And it's so true. I mean, Kristen, you probably agree. If anyone knows Derby, like, there is not a more fitting name for this individual. I I mean, he's so such a Derby, just quirky Derby. So anyway, I came up with the name Anders. Just um, I'd seen it a couple of times. I loved the way it sounded. I loved the way it looked. I liked it with our last name. You know, all of those things. But unfortunately, no one knows his name. And what's his middle? What is his middle name? Um, his name his his name is Anders Smith, which Smith was my middle name until I got right. married. Um, so he, whenever he fills out paperwork, he always writes Derby Smith. <laughs> so to, I mean, do you think you'll ever like legally change his I, name? I don't. Well, he told yeah he told me that when he turns eighteen, he is going to legally change it. He does not like to be called Anders. He just is like, that's that is not my name. Funny. I, I use it very rarely. Um, when I do, he will be very quick to tell me, do not call me that. So, I mean, that he just. So yeah. Wild. So that's, I mean, it's, it's cute. It's, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe when he gets older, he, he'll think it's kind of quirky, but that's just kind of the way he is. So I think he's probably going to stick with it forever. So that's <laughs> my first one. Well, what makes me laugh about the story is that he also has a third name. Which is Weedo. Oh, well, he has the blog name, too. Yes. Right. Because, yeah, because <laughs> back, like, in the day when we do not dare put our real children's name on the internet, right. I called him Orlito, um, which then people just short- shortened to Weedo when they talked yes. about him. So, um, yes. yes. I mean, he, that poor kid has had all sorts of nicknames. It's just insane. But he <laughs> he loves Derby. So, you know, what what can I do? So, Derby it is. It's and so it, funny. My daughter, her name is Malou. And um, that name 
I found in a interior design magazine. Imagine that. I was looking through one of Dustin's magazines and it was about this French architect and that was his wife's name, Malou. Um, In France, it's actually pretty common as a nickname for Marie Louise. So it's a name that's, yeah, it's a name that's commonly used in Europe. It's also very common in the Philippines spelled M-A-L-U. In fact, someone I knew is Filipino who was like, oh, everybody's got Nante Malou in their family. (laughs) I said, oh, really? That's funny. So um, that one I just, I don't know. It was just super unique. I liked um, the idea of it being a nickname for Marie Louise, but we decided in the end that we thought Marie Louise was just a little bit too formal for us. So we uh, went with Malou as her first name. But, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of questions about that name. There's a lot of um, mispronunciation, you know, Mallow, Mallow, you know, just people can't seem to get it. And I kind of feel bad. I'm like, ugh. But at the same time, I was, you know, I'm a Sarah and there were just like six Sarahs in my class growing up. I'm a Kristen. Exactly. Exactly. I wanted something unique for her. Um, Yeah. And I think she likes it. I hope. (laughs) I know. I mean, same. Like my kids can never go to a store where they have like little name. Oh, exactly. (laughs) Find their name. Exactly. No, that is not the deal. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Yeah, sorry. But at the same time, you know what? Um, Their Instagram handles were available. (laughs) True. True. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I've looked up the name Malou and I know there are Malou's. Um, in different countries, but I, I do not know of a Malou in America. I think she might be the first. Yeah. I mean, not the first, but I like it. I just like the way it sounds and stuff. So I do too. It's such a pretty name. I like it a lot. Thank you. Thank you. All right. What's our next question? Let me see here. A few of us were talking. Okay. This was from the Facebook community. A few of us were talking on another thread about if it's possible to lose weight while on antidepressants and or anti-anxiety medications, as many of us have gained weight on them and cannot seem to lose it. Have either of you experienced this? And do you know anything about it? Well, (laughs) I am hesitant to answer this one, honestly, but I'm going to. Okay. So my experience is that I have not tried the medications that have weight, weight gain as a side effect, because I am, I just am scared. And it's funny. I mean, my friend, Um, My friend Anna and I were talking about this very thing because we both struggle with anxiety and we both just like I was like, I what is wrong with me that I would rather be anxious than gain weight, Mm -hmm. you know, but she's like, I get it. I mean, you know, it's just it's a really tough it's a tough side effect and it's real. It's real. Well, it's funny because I don't I have not ever been on an antidepressant. Um, obviously if people are in the Facebook community, they know that it's something that I've been thinking about very seriously in the past couple of months. Um, and I, I wonder, like, I don't know the answer to this, but it's like, I want to know the science behind it. Like what causes the weight gain? Is it like a loss of metabolism? Is it just that you're, you're hungrier more often? Like what is actually, or is it, is it because you're not anxious anymore? So you're actually eating? Like when I'm super anxious, I don't eat enough and I lose weight. Like what is the, what's the deal? I don't think that it is a behavioral thing. I think it is a chemical thing. So like I think possibly is, lowering metabolism? Yeah. Because mm. I will say this. First of all, there are many antidepressants that don't cause weight gain. Okay. Um, and as generally speaking, the SNRIs, so um, Cymbalta, Vibrid, those don't tend to cause weight gain. Mm-hmm. Um 
my understanding is Wellbutrin does not tend to cause weight gain. So so I just want to make sure if people are listening, this doesn't turn them off completely. Right. Um, and so I, for myself, have tried most of the ones that don't cause weight gain. And those have have tweaked with my insomnia, unfortunately. Oh. God, that's what the that's just the yeah. worst thing about antidepressants. It's just like the side effect game. I feel like that's what I hear well, about. And then there's a the lot sexual side effects too. Right. Right. Which right. are no joke and, and very real. So Yes. However, yeah. I've heard for a lot of my friends on it that the whole loss of orgasm, at least um, because I've you know, I've been very into this right now, like learning as much as I can from people that have been on them for a long time. Mo- most of my friends that I've talked to did lose the orgasm, but it did come back. Oh, it interesting. Took, it took like three or four months. So I thought that was interesting. I had no that idea. That is interesting. So, um, yeah. And you know what? The other thing is too, like it's so personal. It's so personal having to do with your own biochemistry and your own chemical makeup. And, you know, three people could go on an antidepressant and two of them gain tons of weight and the other one not gain a right. pound. So Abs- that's absolutely true. And it's similar with birth control, too. Some exactly. people gain weight on birth control. Exactly. Some people don't. And I also, though, think there is something to it is easier to manage your weight in terms of eating well, having the motivation to do that, um, having the motivation to exercise when you are not depressed or anxious. Right. Right. Exactly. But, you know, it, it, I think that it can be a challenge that has to be overcome. You know, it yeah. just it makes it just that much harder to lose weight. Yeah. Yeah. You have to really stay on your game. But I wish I had better advice on it. I don't. Um, well, I, you know, I'm you're just... just speaking from personal experience. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. Um, the next question is about, I saw this, I'm like, I'm not going to answer this, but then I saw that there were a lot of likes on it. So it's about green beauty retinol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is there such a thing? If so, what have you tried and found successful? If not, is there an equally effective alternative? Um, this was from a fairly new listener. So she was, you know, if you've already done this, but I haven't really talked about green retinols. We haven't. We haven't. Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's a really, it's a big subject, actually. And that's why I didn't yeah. know if this was like the right time to talk about it. But I'm just going to give you like a very bare bones, like just... Um, answer. Yes, there are green beauty retinols. Um, You know, retinoids are vitamin A derivatives. Um, Vitamin A is, that's what, that's what in its whole molecule form has the ability to penetrate the skin and repair the layers underneath. We're like collagen and elastin are. So like this is, this is actually naturally derived. Um, The problem is a lot of the conventional retinols have preservatives. It's like one of those things that I've talked about before. Like a a lot of it doesn't have to do with the retinol itself. It's like what right. else it's is what in the retinol. It's what they have to put in it to exactly. stabilize it. Exactly. So most of the conventional right. ones, um, they have to be stabilized with preservatives. And there's a specific preservative called BHT, which is found to be very toxic. Um, and it, you know, with our current laws in America, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be stated. So you really don't know when you're using a conventional retinol if it has BHT in it. Um, it doesn't have to be listed. And a lot of people that are making the conventional products don't even really know if BHT is in it. So it's just kind of like one of those things that if you can mm-hmm. stay away from it, you need to, but there are a lot of people out there that are like, yeah, retinol has completely changed my skin for people that have acneic skin or like me that are getting, you know, mid forties, like you and I, Kristen, that like, we're starting to really see the signs of aging and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So there's like two different ways you can look at it with the retinols. There are like these naturally 
derived um, alternatives to retinol that work very similarly. And there's a lot of products mm-hmm. like that. And there's some products that have retinol in them, but they're just the other ingredients are green as well. So I'm going to list on the selfiepodcast.com and um, the Facebook group, I'll list the four that I have tried myself. They kind of are different. Some of them are coming from a more like herbal alternative. Some of them have retinol in it. Um, there's Tata Harper, which I know a lot of people use and like Tata Harper products. She now has like a, um, a retinol face oil, which they get the um, the retinoic acid from Rosehip. And it works really well at like sloughing off the skin. Um, there's a line called Marie Veronique that has two different kinds of retinol. She's a gentle retinol and a treatment retinol. So they have different percentages of the retinol in them. And those, I mean, that works. Um, there's one called Kipris Moonlight Catalyst, which is like an herbal alternative. It uses fermented pumpkin enzymes in it. It's really nice. I actually really like that one. But the one that I'm just going to say that I use daily, that I am obsessed with, that I think probably is the best treatment product I have ever used in Green Beauty and has made such a difference in my face is by this brand called African Botanics. And it's ridiculously expensive. That is the kicker. It's stupid. It's stupid. I actually got it there's um I think I've talked about the boxwalla boxes here before maybe I don't know mm, but yeah it was in a it was in a boxwalla box so it was like you know Ooh. it was like a sixty dollar thing it's a hundred and sixty dollars which yikes. I mean is just yikes but the difference in my face is unreal like I can't it it's got the retinol it has reservatrol and it has um hyaluronic acid in it too so like it plumps it sloughs wow it makes my skin look super smooth. Um, But in general, any of these green beauty retinols are going to be expensive because what they have to go through to clean out, you know, the product, it's expensive. So you're looking at like $100 for any of these products. I think some might be in the 85 to 95, but I don't think you're going to find anything that's below like $75. That's worth it. Speaking of, so the only one that I know of, um, a green retinol cream, is Drunk Elephant's version. Right. Um, Which I use that brand and I love that brand. I have not tried their retinol because I usually use their, um, they have a night serum that I really like. Yes. Um, But I will say Drunk Elephant's is only $74, which which can I believe that I'm even saying only I, 74 I That's still a lot of money. I know. I know. I know. It is. It's a lot of money. But when you're talking about this kind of level of anti-aging, I really hate that term, but um, you're, you're going to have to, you're going to pay for it. You're just going to pay for it because of the ingredients in it. So. Well, I mean, I, I do pay for the drunk. I mean, I do use the Drunk Elephant line and it is not cheap, it's but I'm here to tell you if I stay exclusively on their C serum during the day and their night serum at night, I do not break out. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. I do not break out at all. And I have been struggling with like, you know, hormonal breakouts for the Me last couple too. of years. And it just, it is, I don't know what it is. I mean, I think I know what it is. It's the alpha hydroxy acids. Um, It just, it just keeps sloughing that top layer of skin mm-hmm. off. And what's weird is when I first used it, I broke out even worse. And I just kept with it because people kept saying online, like, you know, it just it you'll have like that reaction where, you know, it's like detoxifying your skin kind of. Right. 
Um, but I know it's tough. It It's tough because it's expensive. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't have any blemishes on my face. No, I mean, I feel the same way about the African botanics. It's just like my yeah. skin, it just looks so clear and non-reactive. It just looks, yep. it's it's unbelievable. Um, but yeah, it's ex- it's expensive. But now do you use that one just at night or mm-hmm. both morning and night? Just at night. Just at night, yeah. And I, and I, I mean, I really do. This is actually, it's funny because obviously I have a blog specifically dedicated to green beauty. I still have not spoken about this because I hate talking about things that are that expensive. It's like I'm trying, I know. and I've got, I've got a, a, an audience out there that would, a lot of people would gladly pay for that. Um, so if you are that audience, if you, you know, if you, yeah. if you um, are willing to pay $106, it is unbelievable. Like, I don't even know what this magic is in this bottle. It's crazy. That's wild. So yeah. I want to try it, but yeah. I also don't want to spend that much money. Right. <laughs> All right. Here's the next question. This is a good one. Um, does it ever make you feel weird that total strangers enjoy knowing so much about your everyday life? Sometimes I feel weird being a fan of bloggers and influencers. And then an, a separate but related question. Well, we'll get to this one second. But the second question was, do you know if people in your everyday life, like neighbors, PTA <laughs> members, your kids' teachers, follow your blogs? Um, but so Sarah, does it ever make you feel weird that people know all this stuff about your life? Um, no, it doesn't. And because I, I know it seems like people know a lot about my everyday life, but people don't really know much at all about my everyday life. You yeah. know, what I put out there is like a tiny yeah. snippet of my life. It's like 2% of my life. Well, I mean, except, you know, you talk openly about anxiety on this podcast, which you wouldn't necessarily reveal. Like, you know, you yeah. do reveal some stuff. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, I guess I see anxiety as like like a, a much lo- larger like concept. Um, I kind of read this as like about your everyday life, like the comings and goings true. and what you're doing, which I don't, I just don't feel like I put that much out there. But also that's a really good, I mean, that's a very good point. And I, I do... Um, I'm careful about what I say. And if I'm going to talk about anxiety, it's because I've really thought about it before and like had to weigh that. So there are definitely topics that I have to like sit down with myself and have a little meeting. Like how much do we want to open up here? But what I found, and I'm sure you agree, is over the past decade and more that when I do open up, that's when I feel like I can be of the most help because other people relate to it and it starts up conversations and connections. And so sometimes I do have to step a little bit out of my comfort zone, but I feel like all in all, it's helpful to others. I wouldn't ever do it just to draw attention to myself. I'm I'm not that type of person. Like I am not a drama person. Like I just stay Mm -hmm. away from that shit. Like I'm just not into it. Um, So yeah. What about you? Um, you know, it's, it's funny because the first question for me relates to the second. Um, I don't feel weird that strangers know about my life. It feels really weird when someone like I was at a um, open house for my son's middle school and a mom said, I listen to your podcast all the time. I feel like I totally know you. So it's I know this sounds super weird, but when it's like sort of an anonymous massive strangers it doesn't feel weird when it's like 
someone in my community, it does feel a little exposing. It does feel a little bit weird. Yeah. I think the last part of her question when she was saying like, you know, has anyone come up and introduced themselves to you? Has that ever happened? And yes, I'm sure for both of them. I mean, that happens all the time. And yeah. it is, it's a little awkward. Not not because I feel like people shouldn't say that to me, but I'm kind of like, I don't really know what to do with that. Like, <laughs> okay, great. That's great. I mean, you know, yeah. do you ever feel that way? I'm like, what am I supposed to say? Thank you or... Um, oh, totally. Like, I mean, I always feel like, well, I here, here I am going to disappoint you. Like, I'm not as good I in mean, person as I am yeah. online. Like, it's, I'm just awkward and, you know. Yeah. Well, what's funny is I actually had a woman introduce herself to me one time. And I, I feel like I try very hard to be friendly and, you know, talk to the person and get their name and get something about their life. So it's, you know, a mutual, like we're meeting each other, not just, you know, right. That, that they're fangirling, but that I'm meeting, I'm learning something about them. But, um, this was a while ago when my kids were younger and I was in Florida with my kids and all their cousins at an ice cream shop. And so I was ordering ice cream for 10 children, Oh God! which I mean, that's a super stressful situation. You know, yeah. you've got 10 kids and they all want different flavors and different toppings. And it was the kind of store where they do it like with the um, the dry ice. So I'm standing, it's very stressful and I'm managing a lot of children and a woman at that moment introduced herself to me. Mm -hmm. And I felt that I took an adequate amount of time and maybe even then some to acknowledge her and talk to her and then turned back to the task at hand. Right. Well, she, like a month later, went off on me on Facebook about mm. how rude I was in person. I couldn't be bothered, you know. And so I I just I feel like that experience just made me feel really scared. Like I'm mm -hmm. like if I'm if I don't like lay myself down in a situation that like people are going to make an assumption, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that I can't just be like a normal harried mom who's, That's you know. That's so true. That's so true. Yeah. And I, I feel like, and this is probably kind of odd, but um, I am to the point now where I just pretty much everywhere I go, I assume there's someone there that reads my blog or listens to the podcast, not because like I'm a narcissist or I think I'm really cool, but because I just, I I, ha I feel like I have to kind of think along those lines. Um, yeah. You know, like, don't beat my kid in public. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, but you, you do. You know, I mean, I, I feel like I just kind of tell myself there's probably at least a couple pairs of eyes that are. And I'm sure you've noticed that when you're um, out shopping or whatever. Maybe someone isn't coming over to you, but, you know, you're noticing being looked at or, you know, and that's that's fun. That's cool. And like. I just don't ever know. I mean, I, should I start doing a dance? I just feel like I'm like, well, on next week's episode, you know, it's just like I want I know. Because, you know, I, I know. want, you know, we're threes. Like we we want people totally. to like I us. I feel and... like I want, yeah, I feel like I want to, you know, show people how much I appreciate them. Exactly. But, you know, I, I just get absurd about it. And I'll tell you another weird thing for me in this vein is um, now a lot of my kids' friends yes. follow me yeah. on yeah. Instagram. Oh, I know. I mean, Malou comes home and she's like, oh, such and such was talking about your picture with that lipstick. She's in second grade, people. Yeah. And it's just like, and I think really in, at her age, it's the moms and, you know, they're just happening to see what their moms are looking at and stuff. Right. Um, but yeah, it is. It is kind of weird. I was sitting with one of my very best girlfriends here in Oklahoma City. We went out to have drinks last week and we were talking about um, 
my job and my career. And she said, yeah, when I met you at our kids' school, she's like, you know, I, I'd, I'd heard about your um, – that your Instagram and I went on your Instagram and she's like, I'm going to be honest. I thought to myself, wow, this chick takes a lot of selfies, you know, (laughs) (laughs) which I know is a common thing for people who don't know that like every selfie usually is a collaboration with a makeup brand. Right. Exactly. But like that's I, I, I know deep down that's what most people probably think when they don't realize what I'm doing for my like to get paid, like my career, right. my money. And it just made me laugh. So I'm like, yeah, I can imagine just someone being like, whoa, look at this chick. <laughs> just, totally. Uh, but you know, what can you do? What can I know. you do? Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's very weird. <laughs> so weird. So yeah, the answer is yes. It is weird. <laughs> All right. The next question is, how do you work on improving your spiritual health and how do you consider your spirituality within the context of self-care? Well, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big nonfiction reader. That's like my jam. And so I'm always trying to read books like to help me learn more about accessing my spiritual side, things like that. But what I found in general, because that's just kind of the researcher in me, but in general, the way I work on improving my spiritual health is to like actually be in the present around my kids off my computer with my husband with my friends like because what we do for a living it's like so easy to be completely tethered to a screen and to like an online community and all of that stuff and for me the further I get away from my real life and the more it in and it's hard because I think you and I both, like even with this podcast, our Facebook group, like I want to be there. I want to be in there. I want to I want to learn and give and all of those things. But the more I do that, the less I feel connected to my spirituality because I'm losing what's like yep. right around me. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I And then I would also say for myself in terms of staying in touch with my spirituality, for me, that really involves getting out into nature because I feel like when I'm out in nature, I'm always reminded of um, perspective. It's just like when you're standing at the beach, it's like I am small. I am a small being in this vast universe and these problems that I, you know, that I'm thinking of as I drive over here are so, you know, they are, they're, they're so unimportant, you know, um, and I mean, I'm a Christian and there, you know, there are Bible verses that talk about that, that just like we're, a, we're a fleeting vapor. Like, yeah, you know, we, we are just, we're such small beings in God's great design. And so for me, being out in nature is just a constant reset reminder of that fact. That's so true. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. I don't, um, I don't go to church um, anymore. You know, right. so I don't do that, but I, but I feel like, you know, I'll like, I don't know, I'll, we do bear in hymns that, that feels like that kind of feeds my soul mm-hmm. singing these old songs that I grew up singing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, those are kind of some of the ways that I feel like I connect on that level. I'm the same way. I don't, I don't attend church. I very rarely attended church in my life. There have been small periods, um, but, you know, to me, I just see religion and spirituality being two totally different things. Um, yeah. 
And I think, like you said, spirituality to me is like feeding my soul, feeling one with the universe. How I know that sounds super hokey, but like, you know, being a part of like this amazing, gigantic thing that we are totally. here. So absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, and, and remembering that perspective. Completely. So the next one, well, this is kind of like on the other, the other end of the spectrum. How do you stay engaged with real national, emer- with real national emergencies? That's funny. And activism <laughs> without fetal position type overwhelm. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's like a job in itself these days. That's a challenge. It is. It is. That's a real challenge. How do you stay engaged? I think for me, I mean, I think a big part of it is recognizing that you can't do everything, but you need to do something, right? And so I think, you know, it can be easy to vacillate between like, I'm going to do everything and then just like throwing your hands up because there's so much to be done. So... I feel like you kind of have to focus in on a handful of issues that feel important to you, you know, that for whatever reason you feel passionate about and issues that you can actually do something about, you know, that you have the, the gifting to do something about. I mean, for example, you know, I am very interested in the immigration issues right now. And I have a friend who speaks Spanish and she's going in and she's visiting um, people who've been put in jail, who've been jailed for trying to come across the border illegally. And she's visiting with them and just talking to them. And it's like, I love that, but I don't speak Spanish. So that's Mm -hmm. not a thing I can do. So I have Mm -hmm. to look at like, what do I have? What what can I do for other people? Um, And I think just finding actionable steps that fit into your life. But then I also, you know, I think that you have to stay informed and then there's a time to turn it off. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, I tend to I listen to The New York Times daily every morning. Mm -hmm. and That's it. Yep. I feel like if they're not talking about it, I probably don't need to know about it. I can't do the 24 hour news cycle and still be present emotionally with my children. You know? Yes. I completely agree with that. I listen to my daily brief in the morning from yeah, Alexa, and exactly. I've told myself that is where it stops. That's enough. Um, you know, just right now, just just all of the announcements of the 2020 um, presidential, I it's it has like thrown me over the edge. I'm like, why are there it's so stressful. many people? Like, it's so stressful. But then I have to be like, Sarah, there's nothing I can do about this. Like, there's nothing I can do right. about this particular thing right now. So, yeah, it's daily brief it is. So that's where I'm getting my information. I do not try to go down the rabbit hole um, anywhere online. Um, and like you said, focusing on little things here and there, like using my platform here and there when I feel like there's something really important to talk about. And also for me, I just feel like, civic activism here in my city has become very important to me. And it's mm-hmm. something that I can do. It's something that I can volunteer. There are like actionable things I can do here in this city that um, I think would help my community. And, you know, that's ultimately something that I think's for the best, something that's positive. So yeah, it's just kind of focusing on smaller, actionable steps, just like you said, um, and mm-hmm. just not getting overwhelmed with the big picture. Right. I also think, too, um, just trying to avoid um, – I think that there's this misperception that, like, arguing or 
or even posting your opinion online is activism. And there is a time and a place for posting your opinion online. And I will say I, I do it. I have had people come and tell me I've changed their opinions on things, which feels great. Um, It's important, you know, especially as white people, I think, to kind of speak up for injustice for, you know, people that don't have as much of a voice. Um, But arguing online is not activism. No. Oh, my gosh. Getting in a Facebook fight is not activism. (laughs) Right. And so I just think it's important to remember that, you know, do it. Sure. But, you know, get involved in your community, roll your sleeves up and, and, you know, rub elbows with real people. I think that's also really important. Totally agree. Well, the next question wasn't really a question so much of a statement, which was divorced mom overwhelm. <laughs> Exclamation, Exclamation point. point. <laughs> um, yeah, it is a thing. I am here to say, um, I, I, I want to say this. I, I don't think there is anything quite like divorced mom overwhelm. Um, well, probably, you know, widowed mom overwhelm, but raising children by yourself, um, it is, it is incredibly difficult, mm-hmm. incredibly difficult when you don't have a spouse that you live with. Um, and especially because, and I talked about this a little bit on last week's episode, but you know, it's well documented that the mental load of children predominantly falls to women. Yes. And I think in divorce situations, in most of the situations of women I know, um, women are doing the lion's share of parenting. And and that doesn't even mean custody, although I think that is often the case. It's we are making the appointments. We are scheduling the parent-teacher conferences. We are planning the birthday parties. We are keeping everything in the calendars. You know, um, when, on the days that I don't have my children, I'm still parenting. I mean, for example, I don't have my kids for four days because it's ski week and Mark has them. I spent half of my day yesterday looking for a specialist for one of my kids for something Mm, that's going on. Right. My ex would never do that. Right. Right. In a million years. Right. So it is it's very busy when you are not sharing a home with another person to expect that they're going to help. Like, I mean, here's another example. I blew my back out fell down the stairs, really hurt my tailbone a few weeks ago. I couldn't drive for two weeks. Did my ex pick the kids up for school and and help? No, he did not. Ugh. He didn't help me at all. So, you know, it's really hard. I mean, on a Saturday when, you know, I have kids running back and forth in different directions, there are times when I'm like, I don't even know how I'm going to pull Saturday off. Or pull right. a Wednesday off just right. because different things are happening at once and I have four of them. So, I mean, I will say a lot of the self-care stuff we talk about as a single mom, it's really difficult. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to find that time. And so, you know, my heart goes out to other single moms because, you know, it's self-care is just it's it's the last thing on the list because a lot of times you're you're holding everything together on your own. It's a thing. Uh, it's a big thing. Yeah, big, big. And I don't, I mean, I, I haven't figured it out yet. I'm two years in and I'm overwhelmed all the time. I mean, yeah. I go to bed anxious. Like, how am I going to get these kids to 18 without losing my mind on a regular basis? <laughs> I hate that. You're laughing, but I'm like, I'm not laughing. <laughs> yeah. And I know every mom, do- every mom probably goes to bed thinking that, but I don't have, I don't have someone 
to talk to. I mean, I have friends and a boyfriend I can talk to about it. Right. But, um, you know, I don't have the father of my kids. I can't. I'm not sharing that burden with someone. Yeah. You know, that is incredibly frustrating. Yeah. It's it's even hard. to hear it as a friend. Like it makes me yeah. want to go kick someone's ass. Yeah. And, and I mean, just to be really, you know, honest too, divorce is incredibly expensive. And I mean, just about everyone I know, when you get a divorce, your um, expendable income it gets cut in half. Right. So you're also always broke, always scared, living paycheck to, you know, it, right. it's really hard. Yeah. It is really hard. And so, you know, financial stress is a massive, massive stress in life. It's one I was, to be honest, not super acquainted with until I got divorced. And, you know, that always hovering above all the other things of like, Ugh. am I going to be able to stay living in this house? Like, right. it, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> Well, that was uplifting. Anywho. <laughs> so how about that milk frother? <laughs> I know. Can't wait to get that soup thing. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, okay. So we have one last question. Yes. Um, I'd really like to hear about how you deal with, quote unquote, garbage guilt with so much overpackaging in the world and the state of our yeah. environment. It is one of my main stressors. Ugh. That's a hard one. Yeah, that is a hard one. That is a hard one. It's something I'm up against with my job for real. Like it's it's no joke. You know, I get Oh yeah. I mean, I get anywhere between twenty to forty packages a week of yeah. products and things. And like it's coming in the big cardboard box with all the stuff in the middle. Luckily, most of the stuff I'm dealing with is green beauty. So um, right. it's it's done as like uh, sustainably as possible. Um and that's just like on my very micro personal level, right? So right. I deal with it on that. And then I deal with, yeah, what's happening to this environment. I mean, I go all the way to the point where I, sometimes literally I'm just sitting here going, was it completely selfish of me to have children? Like, was it just a selfish thing I did to have these children that now are being given this environment Draining in this resources. world? Well, yeah. And then like, what, how are they going to deal? Like, I mean, when I'm long gone and everything is going to crap. So, so yeah, my answer is I don't know how I deal with the garbage guilt. Um, I stress out about it. I recycle. I, you know, I just doing whatever I can. It kind of goes back to that whole question, that answer that Kristen was saying earlier about when you're dealing with like all the stressors of what's going on in our political climate and stuff. It's just like you have to pick like little things that you can do and like you can't overly focus on the rest. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I think like for me, I do get a lot of boxes because I order from Amazon a lot and I take the boxes and put them in my back seat and then I drive them over to a recycling center that I trust. So I do do that. That's yeah. one way that I kind of reduce my box guilt. Um, I don't buy water bottles ever. Right. I don't, you know, we use, we have a ton of Nalgene. Um, and I mean, I just have stressed over and over to the kids like that's so wasteful. You don't, you know, you don't right. buy water out of a throwaway bottle. Right. You know? Right. Um, I try to buy things in the least amount of packaging as possible, you know, so if I can buy bulk foods, I'll do that. I take my own bags to the grocery store, you know, um, often leave them in my trunk. 
So I'm the queen of filling my cart. And then they're like, do you want bags? And I'm like, no, they're in my trunk. So then I just fill my cart back up. Yeah. And then I fill the bags at my trunk oh. in the parking lot. <laughs> I do that all the time. So dumb. I've become really good at remembering mine. I don't know why. It's just, it's become- Have you? Yes. It's just, it's just like I automatically robotically walk to the back of my car and get, and get my bags out. But, I forget every time. Oh, I used and then to be I'm, that And way. then I'm just like- I'm like, I will not, like, I, I'm not taking bags, you know? Like, I'll bag it at my trunk. You know what's really <laughs> funny? It's like, I don't forget at all about the grocery store, but I have yet to ever enter Target with my own reusable bags. I don't know what it is about Target that I just walk in, and then all of a sudden I feel even worse because I'm walking out with those plastic bags with the red dots all over them. Like, they're these bags in the back of my car it's like for some reason in my brain i only associate those bags with food or like yeah. not you know toiletries and things like that well, my, my target has a grocery store in it so i'm in that thinking mode that's but in smart. california you know you get charged for bags too that's true which is awesome and they're not the plastic bags anymore they're like these weird recycled bags California's on it. Uh, we're not quite up to date there here in Oklahoma. In fact, we have we are only allowed one recycle bin. So you know, like when the weekly trash guy comes, we have mm -hmm. the big green bin. But you can have as many trash bins as you want. So Dustin and I thought we were being really sneaky, and we brought over one of our recycle bins from our old house. So we have two because we far we we can fill up three recycle bins in the amount of time that we fill up just one regular trash bin. Oh yeah, and they drove by and picked it up. Like they, yeah. they dumped it and they took our extra recycle bin. I'm like, that's so funny. And Dustin actually went running after him down the street. I love that about Dustin. He's like, excuse me, can you please explain to me like why I can't have two? I, I can readily fill these up and I can have right. six. He's like, sorry, I don't make the rules, man. And like drove off. That's weird. What is wrong with this place? That is super oh weird. Maybe that should be a new actionable step. I'm going to go figure out. I'm going to I'm going to take it. I'm going to go pick it by myself. We deserve more than one recycle bin. Do it. Well, it's weird because, you know, in the town I live in, they do it for you. So it feels super lazy. Right. But and then like, are you I, don't you ever like wonder? I'm like, are they really yes. doing it? Are they really doing it? Well, I do wonder, which is exactly why I keep my cardboard boxes clean and put them in my trunk and drive them over because I'm like, I don't know. Well, that is seriously an awesome actionable step you did with that, just driving them over. Because, yeah, I remember when I lived in Newport Beach, like, oh, just put it all in the same thing. We'll sort it. And I'm like, I know. really, will you sort it? I don't will know. Will you? But then also, like, but then there's going to get, like, the cardboard's going to have liquid next to it. Right. I will say that I don't have a lot of recyclable stuff because I don't buy any juices or sodas. I don't buy anything in a can. Yeah. I actually don't have a lot in, in the way of plastic or aluminum. We but have, I have a lot of cardboard. We have a lot of cardboard. It's yeah. just like, you know, when you go and buy all the stuff like Trader Joe's for your kids, like the different little boxes of like granola bars and all that stuff. Yes. And you're like dumping them all into the snack drawer and there's just all yep. of these boxes. Box I overwhelm. Know. It's crazy. No, It's crazy. I wish stores would, you know, figure things out. I mean, I do like to be able to like in sprouts or something, you know, buy in bulk and then you're using your own containers at home. Right. Right. 
Oh my gosh. So yeah, that's another that's another thing that you just gotta kinda focus on the on the little stuff and not yeah. get too stressed make, out about make the small big picture. Steps, I think. Make small I mean, small steps. If anybody is listening and you're still buying water bottles, just stop doing that, yeah. guys. Get a yeti. Take your own bags to the grocery store. I love my <laughs> yeti. Stainless steel keeps my water cold. And also I know exactly how much water I'm drinking every day. Cause I just mm-hmm. I count how many times I fill it up. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay, so now that I see that we're like heading into an hour and a half, <laughs> we probably should tie this episode up, I'm thinking. Let's do that. All right. Well, we did not get to all your questions, so we will just have to do this again sometimes. But thank you guys so much to those of you who gave us questions. These were good ones. They were awesome. Thank you guys. Thanks for joining us. Continue the self-care conversation with us over at Instagram at at Selfie Podcast. And make sure to join our uber supportive community that we love on Facebook by searching for Selfie Podcast Community. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at SelfiePodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so that you can catch up with us next week. Special thanks to Shepherd Audio for providing our music. Take care. Take care.